Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For the fans, by the fans, this is the Non-League Football Show and I'm Tim Fuel back with another hour of Non-League views, news and insights. Flying solo today, but there's much to keep you entertained. Three managers for you, one with a title already under his belt, another in a tight race as he goes for back-to-back promotions and one manager who has carried the burden of promotion favourites all season and could finally seal it this weekend. So plenty to talk about and plenty for you to listen to. Let's get things underway. So to our first guest of the week, I'm sure he'll say it's uh, far too early to tell, but one of our guests last week uh, was uh, pretty certain that this man will be collecting the title this season in the Southern League Premier South. Welcome to the non-league football show, manager at Weymouth FC, Mark Molesley. Good afternoon. How are you? Right. Well, we're good, and you know, I think the mathematics mean a win for you guys on Saturday at Beaconsfield and defeat for Met Police and with Taunton then failing to win, and the title's yours. Now, when we spoke with the Met Police chairman last week, he pretty much conceded the title to you. Does, does that sort of expectation place added pressure on you guys? Uh, no, not really. I think even before ball was kicked this season, we've had the pressure put on us. Um, We've we done well in our first year together last year and uh, went close and unfortunately lost in the playoffs. So, um, you know, this season we were immediately put under pressure. I think people were expecting us to be up there. So, um, you know, like I said, I think we've played with the pressure all season. So when it gets to sort of the business end now, I think I think we're sort of quite used to it. And we just take it game by game. You know, we always train hard and work hard and prepare, prepare the best we can. And um, we've always sort of taken it game by game. But... Yeah, we, we, we obviously sit at the top. Um, our fate's in our own hands and um, and it, it's up to us to get, to get the job done now. Yeah, it's top of the Southern Premier South. Seven points clear, four games to go. Um, yeah, looking looking at your games, you've got Beaconsfield away, Chesham at home, Paul away. I, I guess there's probably some fans that would probably fancy winning the title over at Paul. I probably think our fans would love to do that <laughs> over there. I, I would like to get it done as soon as possible. Um and look, we, we certainly haven't done anything yet. There's a lot of hard work to go, a lot of tough games. Um, I can honestly say there isn't an easy game in this league. I'm not just saying that. Every game presents a tough challenge. Um, you know, so we won't be taking any game lightly. We, like I said, we haven't done anything yet. All we've done is put ourselves in a good position, and he said it's up to us now to to see it through. Yeah, and you mentioned the playoffs last year. Does then does that give you an added incentive to yeah get get inside the players' minds to, to go one better this season? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we can't hide from it. That's always been our aim after, you know, last season was about getting the group together and, and seeing how, how we done and how we fared. And we probably overachieved in a lot of people's eyes last year. And um, with that, obviously, comes, you know, expectations. So we, we've had to manage them expectations and have that added pressure all year this year. And, um, you yeah, know, the playoffs. We sit in a good position here now, and we're doing everything we can to to avoid being in that playoff situation again. Because 
it does become a little bit more uh, of a lottery sometimes in the playoffs. And um, yeah, we want to we want to make sure we, we we go up as champions. Yeah, and obviously you mentioned that the, the team, a great team effort, but the goals are Brandon Goodship, but yet again a massive part of your success. Thirty-eight league goals last term. Uh, and another four this week uh, already. I think that's 36 this season. There must have been interest from elsewhere for that sort of goal scoring. I, you, you definitely, I think a lot of people are obviously having a look at him, and, and, and so they should. He's uh, very prolific. He's proved that in the in the two seasons. I was uh, fortunately worked with him when, um, when he was at Bournemouth as well, so I knew what a good player he was. And um, I like to think that we play a way that get, gets the best out in him. And um, I think that's certainly proved with, with, with his goal tally. But I think with Brandon, it's not just his goals. He also assists a lot as well. So, um, you know, he's, he's more than just a goal scorer for us. He's um, sets up a lot of our goals and has a, has, has a key part to play in that as well. So, um, yeah, he's been obviously our talisman and the one who probably takes a lot of the headlines and rightly so. But, you know, we're very much built on a, on a team ethic and, um, you know, Everyone plays plays their part. Yeah, you, you mentioned your time at Bournemouth there as well. You started off your coaching there in the academy, still there, and that's the day job. I think they sort of all blend into one. There's often much debate in non-league about the disconnect from pro clubs, even when young lads are loaned into the non-league game. Do you see it differently? Is, is there a vital crossover for the two to work together? I, I think so. Um, I think it's. I know from just um, my experience at Bournemouth that how how good the non-league game's been for helping um, develop our talent. Um, it's, it's such a good grounding for them. I think with uh, the non-league game's getting better and better. I think the academies are getting stronger, which means that they pl- hang on with the players a lot longer. Um, there's a lot more good players coming through and there's, there's not enough places for them. So they're, they're dripping down into non-league and making non-league even stronger. I think with the introduction of better pitches and, and, and things like that, I think you're you're starting to see some really good talent down there, and you know I'm, I'd always be the first to champion non-league talent, and it's a great place to look for professional clubs. I mean, you know I come out of non-league myself, and um, you know it's such a good um, grounding for me, and it gave me all, all of you know all my experiences that I learned from non-league stood me in, in, in good stead. Yeah, you, you had a great career as a player, you know, starting off uh, non-league, as you say, Hayes, Cambridge City, Aldershot, uh, Stevenage Borough, Grays Athletic, the England C as well, and then yeah. the Football League with Bournemouth, Aldershot, uh, Plymouth uh, and Exeter. Yeah, Was management always the next step for you? Um, I, was, I think when I was younger, I always probably thought, you know, I wouldn't mind having a go at management. Um Probably my naive naivety probably felt like I could probably do it, but um, it wasn't probably till I started coaching, really, that I realised just how little did I know and and <laughs> and uh, yeah, how much I had to learn. But um, fortunately, uh, I was very lucky to get back involved with my with um, with Bournemouth, um, and they they they've obviously educated me and I learned so much. There's so many good people to learn off of there, and just feel that I got. A good education. I probably had a little bit more focus and um, a little bit more of a plan behind me if it, if, if it did come up. And um, you know, the, the Weymouth job, um, they approached me to to see what what I thought. And um, so I went to an interview because I thought you know it'd be great experience. I weren't expecting to get it, but luckily I probably done quite well in the interview. And they they liked what they heard and and, and they gave me a chance, which I think the ball at Weymouth. Um, were very brave in, in doing that because I don't think I was the fan's choice at the time of being an ex-player. I think they'd gone down the ex-player 
road a couple of times before and it hadn't quite worked out and they want they they felt they probably wanted someone more experienced at, at the helm which is completely understandable but you know I felt that I felt I could provide a an, an environment for, for younger players to try and get better and that, that's always been our our method is that we, we train hard and we work hard and we, we try and make players better and then in, in, in turn then hopefully you know the team's got a better chance of getting results and hopefully so far touch wood we've had quite positive results and um, hopefully we'll have a positive end to the season. Yeah, it's, 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 it's certainly looking good. You, you mentioned, you know, starting off in coaching and then moving into management. It, you, you obviously see it from, you've got two two hats, you know, in, in your Bournemouth role, it's more a coaching role as a manager. It, is there a, a big difference between coaching and managing, when, particularly when you're managing in non-league? I think obviously management results need to be instant, whereas coaching you can afford to, as part of development, is that you want them to experience failure and, and, and success and that, and that helps you grow and, and improve and unfortunately in management you don't always get that time so you need to be um, you know wary of results and, and you need to be sort of get instant results as well but I've, tr- I've tried to get the balance right uh, at Weymouth you know our, our first hat was always to try and develop and make players better because I think that gives you the best chance of getting results um, you know I've been fortunate that Weymouth have given me my first chance at management and gave me um you know, the time to sort of, and the back end to sort of bring in a young squad because, um, you know, when I first took over Weymouth, I think sort of 80% of the players sort of, you know, left and we, we went down a different route and we went to the sort of more young, hungry players and players that I knew would be able to play the way that we wanted to play and um, would, would would thrive in our environment. And fortunately so far, that they, they've, um, they've equipped themselves really well. But it is, it is difficult to try and get that right. If you don't, if I didn't get as many good results, maybe at the start, but I probably wouldn't be standing here now getting that, having this conversation. But I've, luckily, I've got a few results and brought ourselves a time to try and to try and build what we what we've been trying to do. Yeah, yeah. You started off playing in in non league, so uh, you know, was that then non league management? Was that always likely to be the way that you went? You, you could have had that ideal of, of keeping it nine to five football and have weekends off. Yeah, I think my wife sometimes might prefer it that way, but um, I, I've only come from non league. It was, you know, it was where I learned my trade through non league. Um, I've always been used to it. I had a long stint in non-league myself, so I was always used to working and then having the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So um, I've always sort of had that work ethic and, and, and always enjoyed my time. So, um, yeah, but I think when you're a young manager, I think you've got to go in and earn your stripes. I think you've got to go in and, and, and try and prove yourself. Um, and if you want to survive in football, you, you've got to build a strong CV and try and get as many experiences as you can to try and make you the best possible coach or manager you can be and at the moment I'm, I'm so fortunate that you know I've, I've managed I've got two roles which I thoroughly enjoy and I'm what and, and two roles where I'm learning so much in you know it's like I'm at the Oxford or Cambridge University at Bournemouth like I said there's some of the, my, my mentors there I'm just I'm, I'm so lucky to have you know been in, in the same room as them uh, and, and, and learn off of them so uh, I'll always be totally indebted to them for teaching me and 
and always be indebted to Weymouth for giving me the opportunity to, to put, practice what I preach. Yeah, and you've got a number of years on me yet, and we spoke with Tom Killick, uh, Paul, earlier in the season, and he thought the biggest change in his time in management had been the players' attitude. Now, you're nearer the players' age, but are players different from your time when you were starting out? Uh, I think definitely. The, the game's evolving, the game's changing. You've got to manage people a lot more sensitively, really, now. Um, back in our day, you, I think you could probably get away with a few more stern words. and and um, But, you know, that's the way of the world now. You know, it's, it's a different way and you've got, to, you've got to move with it. And football's ever-changing. And I think that's the, the skill of management is learning how to manage people. It's not one size fits all. I mean, every person's different. Everyone has different needs, and it's trying to work out what works best for them players and and how to get the best out of them for your team. But I'd say you have to be a lot more um, sympathetic sometimes with some of these players. Um, and I, like I said, I think that's just part of part of society now, not just football. Yeah, um, they're, they're probably maybe not as mentally tough sometimes as as some of the old, older player, old school players that I used to play for, and and sometimes I don't mind sharing a few stories of um, them, what, what what it's like, and especially the lads at Bournemouth. Like, you know, football's not an easy place; it's a it's a tough place, and it's it's hard, and you've got to be, you know, technically good and physically strong, but you also got to be mentally strong to make it in this game, and, and you've got to be mentally strong to in non-league as well, because working all day and then trying to train and play. It is the demands are high, and you've got you've you've really got to be mentally strong. And that's you know we we try and work on that side with our players at Weymouth just as much as we do with the, with the on the field stuff as well. Yeah, and, and promotion if it happens, that means National South. You've already said about the, the pressures. You have a big club, lots of expectations. How's the club fixed to make that move into the next level? There's lots more travel, added costs. You know, it's a bigger competition as well. I, I think. Um, it's one we're, we're thoroughly looking forward to if we can get there. It's um, I'm always looking for that next challenge. I think I think I know this really this year's probably been better in travel, but the, our my first year last year management the travel was was a lot worse than it will be in Conference South. I mean, we were playing Kings Lynn, Kettering, and you know we were up Birmingham and Norwich and up around them 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 stretches really. So um, I don't think the Conference South in terms of travel, I don't think that will impact us too much at all. Um, if anything, I think going to the better facilities and the better grounds and, um, you know, everything steps up. I think, you know, hopefully that challenge will bring out the best of us. But I think our first season up there, we haven't been there for a long time. I think the club, I think it's probably nearly 10 years since it's been at that level. And um, I think we'll probably go in there with probably more of the underdog next year, whereas this year we've been up there to shot down and then probably going up, then you're, you're probably one of the smaller fish to start off with. So, you know, if we can get over the line, um, then you know we'll, we'll look to that, but at the moment I'm not. I'm not looking that far forward. If I'm honest, um, we're firmly fixed on this Saturday. We don't. We don't get carried away. We've never looked any further than the next game, and um, I think you know we'll, we'll stick to that way at the moment. And, and when it's done, I, I enjoy speaking to everyone about what we'll be looking to do in the next division. But till it's done, I, you know. I, I don't want to talk about it too much, to be honest. <laughs> Spoken like a true manager. You, you, you've, you've learnt well, sir. You've learnt well. Well, we wish you well <laughs> at the weekend and for the rest of the season. Uh, and, and thank you for joining us on the Non-League Football Show. No problem. Really appreciate your chat. 
And so to our next guest, uh, and another manager close to the South Coast, but of uh, somewhat different means and history from our previous guest, Weymouth, Blackburn Langley of perhaps the archetypal village side. Uh, uh, they've done good playing at the Gangwarrily Wreck in the shadow of the former Forley Ore Refinery near to Southampton. Founded back in 1935, it was promotion as champions from the Wessex League last term that put them into Step 4 and the Southern League Division 1 South. And now after another fantastic season, they're eyeing up back-to-back promotions. One point clear at the top with four games to play. They travel to second place, Yate Town, on Saturday in the hunt for the title. Welcome to the non-league football show manager at Backfield and Langley, Glenn Howes. Hi, Tim. Hi, Glenn. Well, there's a there's a build-up and what a big, big game ahead this weekend. Yeah, I think um, it, you, you couldn't have written it, could you, in terms of the fixtures. Um, so it's, it's a big, big game. Um it's there's still three fixtures to play after this one. So, you know, there's still plenty more football and there's still time for probably perhaps one or more, two twists. But, you know, there's, there's no hiding about it. Um, it's, it's, it's a big, big tick point for both teams. And, and quite a travel uh, to Yate. And there's there's quite a few in your division in, in the Somerset and Gloucestershire area. A fair trek, considering, you know, you were in the Wessex League uh, last year where everybody's fairly close together and sort of knows each other. I guess that's good training for the Southern League Premier South if you end up there. Yeah, we, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Um, but the boys have acclimatised really, really well. Um, I mean, even the last seven days, you know, we've been away to Cinderford Tuesday night. Saturday, we were at Biddeford, and then we go away to Yay. Um, but full credit, you know, away Tuesday in the Cup, we had 18 players there, you know, two who, who wasn't involved for various reasons, uh, still chose to travel. Um, so it, it gives you a, a, a slight insight into how close and the camaraderie of the boys have developed within the dressing room. Yeah, that, that seems to be the... The magic ingredient, if you're going to be successful, it, it, that's the important thing to, to have in your dressing room, is, is that closeness and, uh, and camaraderie. Yeah, hugely. And, and they've perhaps gone about it themselves. Um, there's a lot of local players, a lot of Southampton-based players. Um, and then we go sort of down to Bournemouth and Portsmouth, um, and they all car share. Um, and then, of course, when you do these away trips, it, it, it brings another element of cohesion. Uh, which they're not quite used to from last year. Um, but the, the league has been really kind to us in, in terms of we haven't had too many uh, lengthy travels in midweek, which has been really, really good in terms of step four football and step five. You know, we almost were playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So um, from that point of view, it's been nice to spend a lot more time on the training ground. Yeah, and it, I mentioned... Uh... Yeah, you, you're top. I guess you're your favourites now, and you don't want to edge your bets or anything like that. But with the playoff situation this season, with only five of the seven playoff winners actually gaining promotion, uh, that makes the playoffs even more of a lottery. So it, it's a proper golden goose to to win the title. Yeah, I, I mean, whatever will be, will be. You know, um, we, we will tweak a couple of things tonight at training, um, but we feel all the hard work has almost been set. Um, and it's it's in the, the footballing gods, so to speak. And, and if we gain automatic promotion, fantastic. Um, if we go up through the playoffs, brilliant. Uh, if we don't, it, it's been a remarkable season. Um, it, it, we never thought we'd be in this position um, first game of the season. So uh, we're just really looking forward to having the opportunity to, to finish the job. And if you did slip into the playoffs, you know, you're a smaller club, um, you know, different different sort of resources. Do you have the, the the squad to push on in the, in the playoffs and, and and that mental capacity as well? Yeah, I mean we 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 have a, a regular eighteen 
Um, and there's one or two players who are dual registered at step five um, who are more than capable of stepping up and, and might need to be called upon. Um, but we, we'll think about that if it occurs and when it occurs. Um, so first of all, our focus is on Saturday. Yeah, and it's been a great season football-wise, but one as a club that, that had a, a lot of sadness as well with the, the death of your assistant, Chris Farrell. Yeah, I mean, there's, it brings the club closer together. There's no doubt about that. I, I mean, we all sat around. I think it was February at a committee meeting, and we we had a report come back from the from the league and the ground grading, and the amount of tasks and jobs that that were being listed. Um, but we, we truly thought, can we get this done in this short space of time? Um, and and Chris was pivotal in that, as all the committee me committee team were doing. Um, and it's a great sadness. It's a huge loss to the club. Uh, even now, um, it's a big void. Um, and, and we just hope we can do him justice in terms of going and lifting the league uh, for Chris Farrell because he, he, I think, devoted eight to ten years of his life to the club. Um, and Chris being Chris is just a complete unusual character in that was a real football bookworm from non-league football, Sunday football, to, to his beloved Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, and nothing will do him prouder. I know it won't um, in terms of us uh, going on from here. Yeah, it was sad. I, I never got the opportunity to, to meet Chris, but having spoken to so many people that, that knew him uh, and just his passion for the game, it, 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 one, of the, one of those special people that you only find in non-league. It, it, it'd be, it's unrivaled. It really is, Tim. I mean, if he was on the phone to you now talking football um it, it would be immensely longer than the period of time we would spend on the phone um he said he was passionate from sunday football to local football to youth football to to um to wolverhampton um and that just shows you what love for the game he had um and in terms of knowing non-league football and, and players and, and recruitment um it, it's unrivaled in this area so now Many listeners, like myself, will remember your uh, your playing career: Eastleigh, Basingstoke, uh, Gosport, Paul Town, and, and then a horrific knee injury curtailed your, your playing days. But was management always a thing before your injury? Um, it, it was always. I think sometimes when you 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 have that position, you come into the the end of your career, and it happened. I think when I was twenty nine, thirty, um, and. I was starting to think about elements of coaching because naturally you get involved in taking warm-ups and other various situations in football clubs. Um, but management was never a huge desire, um, but coaching perhaps was. Um, and it probably happened a little bit sooner than I anticipated. But I'm a great believer in, in things happen for a reason. Um, and, and it certainly got me involved in management and football a little bit earlier than expected from that side of things. Yeah, and, and then you came in at Blackfield and Langley, uh, summer of 2015. Uh, I think you, you even then you're just 31. So uh, what sort of targets were you set uh, by the club coming in as such a young manager? Uh, I think the, the, we had a chat and the first season was, was a free hit, so to speak. Um, you know, they wanted to challenge, um, but it, it is and it still remains a very competitive football league with the likes of Scholing. Um, who we always compete against and, and Andover last year um, it, it was always difficult because you have to win the league to get out of it you know so um, it, it was about development um, it was about seeing who we wanted to retain who we wanted to keep what we wanted to do moving forwards um, which Chris was a big part of 
Um, and then the second season, uh, we just fell short. Um, so then the third season, we've had the benefit of playing at St Mary's a few times with cup finals and then achieved our goal of promotion. So um, the club are very much on track and I, and I think reasonably content of where they are um, from a footballing point of view. Yeah, and uh, what about yourself at targets in management? You've you've had another great season. Where do you want to go? Uh, I don't really think about that too much. Um, as I say to the players, there's, there's been a lot of interest um, in the players, and, and rightly so because they've had really they've had a brilliant season, every single one of them. And, and when they're they're achieving and doing well, um, they're, they're going to take notice of, of scouts and other football clubs um, and it's getting to that stage of the season um, we just want to finish the season on a high yeah and, and you know I, I did mention the the, the village uh, team uh, at the outset <laughs> there I mean is that a fair comment because it's a lovely place to live and it's a lovely place to, to watch football no doubt as well but um, th- th- there's not a lot in Blank- Blackfield is there there's <laughs> I, I, I like driving through it, um, not because I like driving through it, but there's some great places around it as well. And it's it's it's, it's maybe not the hotbed of non-league football that you'd expect for a club being in your position at the top of the table at the moment. Um, it's, it's, you know, there's on the cusp of the New Forest, which is a beautiful part of, of the world. Um, and, and that's one of the attractions. Um, if, if you do win promotion, um, I think that the support base and fan base goes up significantly and, and we really hope to sort of welcome these supporters to Blackfield and, and hopefully make a, a real weekend of it um, and, and, you know, display ourselves in a, in a good light. Um, we know we're, we're one of the smaller clubs in the league and, and particularly if we achieve promotion, certainly will be. Um, and it's been a bit of a, an opener to some of these these players go into these teams because, of course, there's cities in our league, there's towns in our leagues. So um, we, we, we do have to, to fight our corner. Um, but fight is what we will do and, and hopefully earn the right to be in amongst these teams. Yeah, and how, how far can the club go? You, you obviously passed the ground grading, which you, you, you know, there, there was a fair bit of work work to be done. And it, it, you know, being a local to, to where you are, it, it was nice to see that you were, you were able to achieve that. But how far can the club go beyond this? I, I don't know, really. I, it'd be difficult to say we, we want to take the club to this level, to that level, um, because um, you, you have to live within your means. Um, and it's, it'll be significantly harder to for instance you mentioned um, Mark and Weymouth for a club of Blackfield to compete against them it'd be very very difficult um, however what, what we lack in numbers um, we make up for in Hart and we you know we've played against Hartley and Whitney Salisbury and Gosport um, albeit in in the League Cup but we, we've gave a good account of ourselves against them teams um, and we would like to think that, that we can be competitive at the very least yeah, so uh, big game ahead on Saturday. Do you, do you do anything differently or do you just uh, get those players focused on, on the right mindset? No, I don't think so. I think the only thing, and and, and I think Paul will tell you this for Ye, is, is from an, an anxiety point of view, um, it's managing that pressure um, and it's managing that composure. Um, I think whichever team does that the best because I don't think you can split the two sides Um I really don't, you know, they, they beat us there in the cup um, and rightly so. However, at home, we lost them. I thought it was extremely unfortunate to lose 2-1. Um, 
but there's uh, that's the league. It's very competitive. It's very consistent, um, uh, and I still feel there's no stand outside in the league. So it's it's very very competitive and very close. And as I said, whoever um, handles the pressure the most, I think will 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 come away with victory Saturday. Well, good stuff. We wish you well with that one, and uh, wish Yate well as well. And uh, look forward to seeing how the uh, league finally pans out at the end of the season. Thanks for joining us on the non-league show. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for your time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so to uh, our, our next uh, guest, who's actually celebrating uh, winning the league title already. Well, not just celebrating winning the league title, but he's got an opportunity to do it really in style. We're down at step six, Harefield United have uh, taken the Spartan League Division 1 Championship and they've still got five games to play. Top of the table and unbeaten this season. There's an opportunity for Jason Shaw, manager at Harefield United, to make some proper record books. Uh, welcome to the non-league uh, football show. Thank you, Tim. Well, it's good to, good to have you on, Jason. I've been following your progress, uh, having grown up uh, you know, not too far away from Harefield United. And, uh, uh, you know, an old friend of the show, uh, Russell Grant, is a big Harefield United fan, always telling me about uh, uh, the success. And uh, it's been a great season for you guys, hasn't it? How's it come about? Well, what's the magic ingredient that's uh, kicked it off this year? Um, Really, really can't put my finger on it. Um, I'd have to put it down to the players. Um, their attitude and commitment um, for that level of football. Um, they're religiously in three times a week. Um, and obviously the finances at that level isn't uh, the same as level two and level one of non-league. Um, so it is very difficult to get the commitment. But um, the, the players have been very committed and, and hopefully they're getting a reward for it. Yeah, you, you mentioned you know the resources that you're playing with are completely different from uh, uh, maybe our, our first guest on the show uh, this week, who were Weymouth. Um, you've got quite a, a young outfit, but but coupled together with uh, some older heads as well. Is that a, a good mix that's worked really well for you this season? It, it has, yes. Um, the youth policy we've got at the club, um, we have at the moment um in the first team uh, four to five players that have played allied counties uh under 18 football with the club for two years progressed into the reserves um and into the first team and introducing the experience of Ryan Wharton and Rich Baguette um and Adam Willis um to the youngsters um has has paid off massively for us um that the senior players have helped the youngsters um you know fulfill the potential that um, the club saw in, in these young players. Yeah, Richard Paquette, a, a man I know uh, well for, uh, from uh, clubs that uh, he's played for, and you know, probably uh, a player that many uh, non-league fans have seen. He's been at a number of clubs, and that must be a, a great um, different series of experiences that he can bring to your dressing room, having been in, well, I, I, I wouldn't like to overestimate, but probably 30-odd uh, dressing rooms throughout his time, and, and, and some uh, big clubs as well. Um, yes, and it's another voice. Um, 
you know, especially with the youngsters. Um, we'll talk to them, um, Michael and I, uh, on what we want them to do. Um, sometimes they might not understand it. And Richard, with his experience, uh, like I say, is another voice. He will then pull them to one side. He'll have a little conversation with them. Um, and if they didn't quite understand uh, the delivery of the message from Michael and I, then um, they will get it from from a player's perspective. Um, so, again, the likes of uh, Richard, Ryan and, and Adam, they have helped Michael and I massively with uh, with that side of things. Yeah, and this it's obviously the message is getting through because... Uh... 32 wins this season, two away draws. Yeah, you went away, so, you know, we can understand the draws. 110 goals for and only 30 against, 98 points, and the season's still not over. Is there now this extra, the golden goose, to go to go unbeaten? Is that spurring everybody on to even get more out of them as, as their legs are maybe getting a bit tired as the season's wearing on? Um, it is. Um, with the league uh, being won last week, we had to refocus. Um, our first objective was uh, was completed. Um, and, and like I say, the boys, despite having won the league, are still in Tuesday, Thursday uh, and Saturday. Um, I've not been given them any nights off, um, to be fair, and, and none of them marched or, or moaned about it. So um, the next target is to try and remain unbeaten. Um, and then followed by uh, a points tally. Um, I've set my target to try and reach the 110 uh, that's on the table at the moment. Um, so that's the focus. Um, we're taking one game as it comes, though. So uh, our focus at the moment is Broxbourne, um, um, but fourth in our league. So that isn't going to be an easy fixture away to them. Um, and, and yeah, it's just a case of keeping the guys focused. Yeah, and your, your last game of the season, uh, Saturday the, the 27th of April, um uh, home to Hatfield Town. I, I believe that the league are going to be presenting the, the trophy there. But the club's also chosen that to be uh, one of these pay-what-you-want sort of, sort of games. So you, you're keen to get as many people down there and, and watch the side and celebrate your wins. Yes. Um, again, uh, Hatfield is the oldest club in Middlesex, um, but it's surrounded by um, a number of non-league clubs. Um, so, you know, we're trying to uh, we're trying to attract more people to the club. Um, it's you know for me obviously being involved, but I think it's a great little club with the youth set up from under sixes all the way through to the senior side. Um, we've got three or four uh, players in the first team, slightly older players that actually came through the uh, the youth section on the Sundays. Uh, we've got the goalkeeper Jacob, uh, the captain Sean, and I think Paul Underwood as well, and Steve Green. So you know there's three or four that have actually played youth football and progressed through through the club um, and we just want to give it a, a little bit more um, publicity um, and, and get people uh, attracted to Airfield and, and by pay as you go or pay as you like um, hopefully that's an opportunity to attract a few more local people down they like what they see and, and hopefully we'll come on a more regular basis next season Yeah certainly uh, talking to people in, in the local football fraternity uh, to Harefield there's always good things coming out uh, about Harefields um, particularly the youth policy and, and giving the youth opportunity and, and are you already looking at, you know, looking to expand your first team you're looking down towards those youth team players as to see how they can link up with the first team and, and move forward in, in, into your your setup? Uh, yes, 100%. Um, again, I attend uh, as many youth team games as I can at the club. Um, and if I can't, then uh, Michael, uh, my assistant, will attend. So we do monitor that as we monitor our reserves and, and their progression into reserves. Uh, and providing uni um, doesn't take uh, about four or five of our current uh, youth players. 
um, next year, then um, then there will be that number, four or five, that I will be looking to include in and around the reserves and first team next year from the current uh, batch of youth players we've got in the Allies. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting one because we often talk about you know giving youth an, an opportunity and that sort of thing, but there's other things that get in the way, like university, and there's a number of players uh, that have, have, have gone off and you know, maybe represented sides nearer their university, but it, it can... You, if you're running 17, 18-year-olds uh, in, in your side, it can rip the heart out of, it, of your club, can't it? Oh, it can, 100%. Um, and like I say, there's a lot of potential um, in these four or five lads that Michael and I have seen. Uh, we're keen for them to stay involved with the football club. But obviously their education um, at this time in life is going to be more important. So we understand we may lose them to uni. If we don't, um, then, you know, they they will, I'm, I'm sure, make us a lot stronger in depth next season as well. Don't matter how old they are. Um, we've had two or three already playing the first team. So um, I think there's some of them that are more than ready Um they can't obviously fulfil um, 50 odd fixtures, but um, with the senior boys really covering most of the next year, if we get injuries, I've got no no hesitation in putting some of these boys in if they're around. Mm. And back into step five next year, th- does that help you uh, bring in some experienced players again and, and just give you a, a wider appeal as a club when you're trying to d- to develop uh, and bring uh, new people into that first team setup? Yeah, yes, hundred um, percent. You, you talk to a lot of players. Um, and they want to play at the highest level. So the more um, steps we can climb with Harefield, then the, the better players will attract. Um, and the aim at the club is, yes, we've won promotion back to five, um, but we would like to focus on in the next year or two trying to progress to step four. Mm. And, and can can the club go to step four, compete, and, and maybe uh, further than that? I, I believe, yes. It's... Uh, it's um, ground gradings etc for step four um like the facilities etc um and at the moment with everyone pulling together um i don't see why the club couldn't reach at least step four as, as a minimum yeah and as as a as a manager of a club with that sort of ambition and uh yeah, the, the potential certainly the potential of the club is, is fantastic does does that help you? You know, you're saying Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Does, does that? It's a lot of commitment, isn't it? You mean people say about uh, you know, a, a part time club? It, it's not part time, is it? You're you're you, you're almost uh, trying to fit your job in around your football. Hundred uh, percent. Um, I'm up the club uh, most times, at least four times a week. Um, but that said, um, I've got my allied uh, manager who runs uh, the under 18s. He also uh, we keep continuity with him running. Uh, our reserve side as well. So um, Derek's involved four times a week. Um, But behind the scenes, there's a lot of other people that do near on seven days a week. So yes, we may do a lot, but it's only uh, the people behind the scenes that help us as well, um, that make it, you know, all worthwhile uh, seeing what they put in. Um, You know, what we add is, again, it may sound a lot, but to what others are doing, it isn't as, uh, as much as people may think. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned the, the potential of the unbeatables. You obviously you don't want to go uh, too far ahead of yourself, but that would be some achievement, wouldn't it? It's the sort of thing that, that people certainly can't take away from you. You know, people win titles. You know, it, that happens every year, but going un, unbeatable in a season—that's that's quite a rare feat. Hundred uh, percent. Um, we've been talking to the uh, players about it. Um, again, it's one of the focuses. Um, I've been in football now. 30 years, I've never done it. 
So as, as a player, coach, manager, um, and I look around my dressing room and again, we've got experienced players. They've never done it. Um, and there isn't many that have. So they've got themselves into a, um, a unique situation where, yes, they, they could create something that very few footballers would be able to say that they've, uh, they've achieved. So um, we need to keep focused. Um, you know, uh, the priority was the league and we got that. So if we can get this other this other target, then, you know, brilliant. Um, you know, yes, it would be good. Um, but, you know, my main aim was the league and I've got that. So I would be disappointed, but it's not the be all one end all. Well, Jason, we'll be looking out and hoping that you get the win on Saturday and see the season through to the unbeatable phase. It's been good talking to you. And if anybody's available, do check out Airfield United. And it's a lovely village to visit and a great football club to go and watch some football at as well. Yes, thanks a lot, Tim. And yeah, anyone wants to come down, we'll appreciate their support. So time to head on over to uh, non-league paper towers and uh, David Richardson, online uh, editor, joins me uh, on the line again. Uh, welcome back to the show, David. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm, I'm good. And it's been quite a quiet week in, in non-league, but you know, there's further down the pyramid, there's uh, all these titles being wrapped up way ahead of their time. You have certain clubs like Hayes and United had to chuck it in there. But um, you look at the National League. And well, the uh, proverbial fact paper, but between uh, certainly in the in the National League uh, at, the, at the top of the table, there it, it it's changed hands so many times, and you, you think Leighton Orient may be gone off the ball, and then they're they're back on top, two points uh, clear, and the season's nearly over. Yeah, changed around again. It's sort of like you say, it's it's changing around sort of weekly at the moment, uh, which is you know great going into into the final few weeks now and, and the last four fixtures of the season. Um, obviously, Leighton Orient had a great result on Tuesday night. Um, you know, turning it around against Eastleigh, who themselves are, are trying to get into the playoffs. Um, you know, I think 2-1 down at half-time. I think many Orient fans were one of the oh no, <laughs> you know, are we going to have to settle for the playoffs here and, and do it that way? But... Um, yeah, really good sort of second half. Come back from Orient and uh, yeah, once once again they're back on top and and it's still in their hands, two points clear. And you you, you can't. I know there were there are knockers and people have uh, criticised the, the the different style of players that the National League have introduced, but it means that the season just goes on and goes on and goes on, doesn't it? So you got this weekend, you've got Leighton Orient at the top, uh, and their away game. Is at Sutton United, and you, and you might have thought that Sutton United were out of the playoff uh, chase this year, but they're only three mm. points off. Um, you know, if, if they win that, then maybe the, the, some other results go their way. It, it makes this a, a big game for, for both clubs. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of uh, sort of talk around that new playoff structure since it came in a couple of seasons ago, but. Um, yeah, like you were saying, I think it's it's done really well for the league to to keep everything competitive right up until the last really. Um, you know, like like you mentioned, Sutton still have a chance of get, getting in. Even Gateshead have you know what was an outside chance, but they feel like if they can get twelve points from from their last four games, then you know they could they could well get in there. Um, and yeah, it does keep the season alive for. For, for clubs sort of down to 10th place, really. Um, obviously, there's, there's always the usual arguments, isn't there, that, you know, a team that finishes seventh and, and might be sort of at least 10 points behind the team in second 
wouldn't deserve their place in the Football League if they were to go through the playoffs and win at Wembley. But, um, you know, the second and third place is based around giving those teams an advantage. Obviously, they have the home tie in, in the semi-final. They don't have to go through the eliminator round. Um, you know, the only thing I would say is that second place should play the lowest team whoever gets through. So it's, it's obviously fourth against seventh and fifth against sixth. Um, and second place plays either fifth or sixth. And it could be a case that actually third place has, in a way, an easier tie if, if seventh place was to get through. Um, so I think I think second place should always just have that one, uh, have the team who, who finished lower down. But uh, no, I'm all for the new playoff structure. And like you say, um, you know, that, that's not going to be an easy game for Leighton or in that Sutton. Um, they've had some problems on 3G pitches over the couple of seasons um, in this division and obviously going to Sutton's not going to be easy there We're a club that's you know really established themselves at, at national league level and uh, gunning for the for the playoffs again for a second season yeah the, the one thing about the the, the playoffs as, as they work now it means that no one's cruising once they're in that the, the playoff. So uh, mm. um, you, you can't take your foot off the gas because you want to finish as high as possible to get that that, that advantage. And you know the other game um, involving the, 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 those top two, Salford City taking on Maidenhead United uh, in in the early kickoff. So we could see another change of uh, leadership before uh, the, even the three o'clock kickoffs. Yeah, interesting point. Tim, you say about um, even when you're in the playoff situation, what you want to try and finish high up, high up in the like I said, second or third go straight into the semi final means they don't have to play an extra game to get to that stage. And of course, you're, you're looking for the home advantage in, in those sides, which can be so crucial, particularly in because they're over one leg. So, um, so yeah, like, like I say, it's still always a play for once you are in those positions. Um, and again, I think with Salford playing first. Uh, this weekend in the early kickoff, um, you know, I think Orient will, by the time they walk out at Sutton, they'll, they'll know how the table lies, I should think, and, and what's happened in that early game. And, it, and it, if Salford can win, it, it does add pressure, I think. You know, I don't think you can um, lie and say anything else, really, because, you know, they will know the, the scoreline and they'll, they'll know that they have to win. Yeah, and then you you look at the bottom. The bottom four look like they're they're fairly solidified. I know uh, Lee Bradbury's come out again this week saying that uh, it, it, yeah they're not giving up hope at having a Waterlooville, but they are what nine nine points adrift at the moment. Mm. So it looks like it will be those four southern based teams that are dropping out, which then means a a rejuggle. And then you, you you drop down and have a look. You know who, who's likely to be coming up, but at National North. And, and and that's changed as well. Stockport County, who have been, you know, they've had a great season anyway, but they're suddenly hit form. And, you know, smashing was it six mm. pass at, at Chester the, the, this week. Yeah. And, and whatever the story behind it, that, that's that's some feat. Yeah, definitely. Stockport have been uh, going really well since about the turn of the year. Um, I had a feeling this season that they were going to have a real good go at promotion. I just thought they got into the playoffs last year and, and lost in them. But that was the first time they'd got into the top uh, top seven since they'd been in that division for about five years. Um, and I just thought Jim Gannon was sort of building something. They were moving towards sort of the hybrid slash full-time model. Um, 
Uh, I just felt they were going to give it a really good go. And uh, like I say, you know, this year they've, they've been absolutely flying. Um, you know, going to Chester on Tuesday night, uh, you, you'd think that was going to be a really tough game. Chester obviously had hopes of getting into the playoffs as well. But um, I think that just shows perhaps the gulf between, you know, the, the two sides and, and probably... Um, the gulf between sort of the the team who's sitting at the top and and the rest of the league really, um, you know they're, they're a point ahead of Chorley now. Uh, and, you, and you look at Chorley's running, which is really it's tough, tough, isn't it? Um, you know you, you do sort of think Stockport will do it, but you know they won't be resting on their laurels. That's for sure. There's still uh, still a long way to go, even if it is a a couple of weeks. Yeah, and then, and then at, the, at the bottom, we've already seen the Neaton Borough relegated. Yeah, FC United at uh, Manchester just don't seem to be able to get out of there. And they, they look like they're going to be uh, cut adrift and you know dropping down a, a level again. And then you've got a big game this weekend, Ashton United travelling to Guidesley. Uh, and I understand that the Ashton United board are, are paying for fans uh, to, to, to go to the game on coast to try and get as much support behind them. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, really, given the uh, the size of the game. It really is sort of a relegation six-pointer. Um, yeah, I think FC United are cut adrift. They've been fighting hard to try and get out of there, but they just haven't quite had the consistency. Um, you know, six points adrift now, I, I can't see it happening. But, you know, Ashton will, will be have a very clear picture of what they have to do. Um, you know, four points behind Geisley, a, a win could really turn that situation at the bottom around and guys who have been on a torrid run of form um and yeah you just think that you know i think they're bored obviously thinking if they can get any sort of advantage with fans getting behind behind the side to cheer them on there then uh they've got to take it because uh you know after relegation from the national league last season uh, another one would be uh catastrophic really mm. and then national south we, we had a right old ding dong of a a game last Saturday at the top there with Woken and Torquay drawing three all in the end. But it does look like it's Torquay's title now to lose. And we had Gary Johnson on last week and it was low to admit it, but I think that's the way it's heading. And then you've got another massive game for Woking this weekend because they travelled to Chelmsford. Woking second, Chelmsford a fourth. And again, it's if you're going to be in the playoffs... You, you want to finish as high up as possible. Yeah, definitely. I think, mean, first of all, I went to that Woking uh, Torquay game last weekend and it and it really was a fantastic advert for non-league. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but three all, you know, the top two teams, both trying to win the game, even though a point would have suited Torquay and obviously it turned out that way and it, and it has. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was a fantastic game. Uh, you know, Woking will feel hard done by that they sort of threw it away really in the, in the last 10 minutes. But, um, you know, I think even though Torquay weren't at their best, it's sort of that old adage that, you know, the teams that finish at the top of the league or, or win promotion are the ones that manage to somehow grind out results. And, um, you know, speaking to Gary Johnson afterwards, I think, you know, he admitted that is what, what champions do, um, getting those sort of results. Um, you know, for Woking, it, you know, it, it was a shame for them because I think, you know, they, they deserve more than a point. Um, but now they'll, they'll have to settle for the playoffs. I just think perhaps having sort of a couple of weeks now to, to refocus on, on the title being gone and readjust their targets. Um, 
you know, it might not be such a bad thing in the long run. Often you see sort of the team that finishes second, um, you know, as a, as a big disappointment at the end of the season, maybe um, on the final day. And, and then, you know, suddenly the playoffs come around and they sort of haven't got their heads around it. Um, but like you say, you know, Chelmsford this weekend, it's not going to be easy at all. Um, you know, they, they haven't shored up second place yet. Obviously, Welling are on their tails. Um and that's that's obviously the position you want to be in, particularly with the final being um, at home of, 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 at the second place team. Um, so that so that'll be a really tough test, and it might be a, a little preview of a of a playoff clash maybe in in a few weeks. Well, that's it because it, it, as you say, it, it, it's an interesting point you make about Woking. You're almost being able to come to terms with grieving for for losing mm. the title and, and getting into the playoffs mm. but th- then there's a the potential that you're you're playing the club that you're going to be playing in an even bigger game in in a few weeks time and and, and the psychology that goes with that it, it's it's fascinating and that's where a manager really earn their corn yeah they do um well, you know i think Dan, alan Dawson's had a terrific season with woking um you know when you consider what the club was like when he arrived and no players on the books and obviously had just been relegated from the National League. Um, of course, they had the FA Cup run as well, so the third round, which sort of almost you know, goes out a little bit un- unnoticed somehow. And it, obviously, they lost to Watford in the third round, who are now in the final. Um, you know, you wonder what, you know, maybe they'd be at Wembley <laughs> in May uh, had they not lost that one. But uh, no, like I said, I think Alan Dowson done a great job there um, and he'll have no... Uh, you know, he, he won't be taking these next few weeks lightly um, at all. You know, whether whether they've, whether they finished uh, second place or not. You know, he knows how difficult it will be in, in the playoffs and and even against Chelmsford and then Concord in the next couple of weeks. Um, of course, he he lost in the player final last year, so he won't want a repeat of that again. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, there's there's a lot for for Woking to contemplate in the next few weeks, but. It'll be interesting to see how how it all plays out, and um, yeah, like I say, you know, you look at you look at that top seven, you probably think any one of those could really win the playoffs on their day. To be honest, mm. um, it's, just, it's just over the course of the season where you can have been a little bit more consistent, and, and now they really need that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's going to be exciting uh, final few weeks, but an exciting weekend as well. What else can we look forward to in the paper, David? Uh, so we've got some reaction from uh, the champions from last week. Uh, obviously, Dorking uh, won promotion for the Bostic League. And going into uh, National South, we've spoken to them, Bows and Pitsy, and uh, Hayes and Yedding as well, uh, also champions. Uh, you know, Hayes and Yedding back on back on the up after uh, a few tough years, uh, which is great to see. Of course, they've uh, got a new stadium as well, which... Um, uh, which will surely help them in, in, in the future going forward. Um, and obviously, we've got all the all the action from steps one to six, uh, all the big games in the national league and, and lower down the pyramid. So, uh, if you can get out and support the paper, that that'd be brilliant. Non-league paper every Sunday during the season. Go and buy it. Make sure you do. David, thanks for joining us again, and have a great weekend. Cheers, Tim. Thank you. That's it for this week. Thank you for your time and everybody for listening. Don't forget you can find us throughout the season and join in the debate throughout the week on social media at Non League Show and myself at Tim Fuel. Dave Anderson uh, is also at Dave Anderson 
78. And of course, remember, you can find us every week on Audio Boom, also on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Deezer, on Google Podcasts, on Radio Public, on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, via your smart speakers, and all good podcast aggregation sites. Thank you and goodbye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.